Just days after Miami's season has ended, the team has been linked to Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards. We break down the report, his potential fit in Miami, and explore every angle of a possible trade, plus the latest from Max Struess and Gabe Vincent as they enter free agency. All that and more on today's edition of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Dave Vermill. However, you're tuning in on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. We're going to talk about Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and maybe their acceptance that they might not be back in Miami next season. But first, the big Bradley Beal news. ESPN and The Athletic both reporting that the Wizards' new front office, led by Michael Winger, will work with Bradley Beal to find a trade. And that the Miami Heat are expected to be a leading suitor. Some interesting things here. Beal has a no-trade clause, number one, which mm. means he has the ability to control not only his destination, David, but also how a potential package to acquire him impacts his ability to play for a contender. We assume that if Beal is traded and would waive that no-trade clause, that he wants to play for a team that can contend, right? One more thing, his agent, Mark Bartlestein, Good relationship with the Miami Heat's front office. Also, Kyle Lowry's agent helped facilitate that sign-in trade. That also got the hit, the, the Heat hit with tampering charges. Uh, there's also the concern about Bradley Beal's $250 million contract. And obviously, his fit and whether or not he puts Miami over the top. So a lot uh, to get into here. It seems like this is the first big domino to yeah. start off the offseason, at least in terms of the Heat's perspective. Where do you want to begin, Dave? I just I think just the uh, the fact that it comes so quickly off the heels kind of cements everything that you and I have been talking about over the last couple of days. Even before, right before Game Five of the Finals in Miami season ended, we kind of talked about the fact that Miami had already been exploring potential trades, looking at uh, you know draft possibilities. They've been doing their homework, preparing for the offseason, regardless of the outcome of the NBA Finals. And then I know there were reports that Dane wouldn't come to Miami. Damian Lillard I should say he wouldn't come to Miami if Miami had won the finals. That's all fine and good, but that doesn't keep Miami from doing their due diligence. They've been trying to get at these respective players for some time now, and it just seems like they're just kind of building, especially with the NBA draft just a few days away. Again, kind of forcing everybody's hand there. So what I really like most about the idea is one that Miami, as you have said, is willing to show um, the need for improvement that they recognize that this roster, as good as it was, getting to the NBA Finals, and even with the fact that you know Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo weren't available, that Miami still recognizes a need for change and that they see Bradley Beal, again, if we're buying into these reports, that they see Bradley Beal as a potential player that could put them over that particular hump. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, and that's something else that we could talk to, again, about you know whether or not – Beal is the best option for Miami. Consider they do already have Hero on their contract. He's younger and he's cheaper. But I do like the fit of Bradley Beal on this roster. I know Dame Lillard as a superstar, as one of the 75 greatest players in NBA history, certainly commands the respect of Heat fans as a potential option. But if you're not going to be able to get Dame, and and one trade doesn't necessarily exclude the other, and I know that you've been a big proponent yes. of acquiring both Lillard and Beal, if you're going to wind up with a consolation prize of just Bradley Beal, that's a pretty damn good one. He is a very good player. And I know injury has taken away from that reputation. 
I know playing for the Wizards, a team that hardly anybody watches, and for good reason, because they haven't been particularly great or fun or exciting over the last few seasons, has taken away from that reputation. But if you just look at Bradley Beal, a player, he's 29. He's in that same, similar sweet spot to what we talked about with Dame Lillard. He's older in his career. He's achieved a lot. He's made of his money. He's going to continue to make some money. But what he's competing for right now is the ability to win a championship. And I think Miami is a team that could put him in that position and vice versa. He can help them. When you're looking for a score, when you can't find an easy outlet, when you're trying to milk the shot clock and, and you've got Jimmy Butler or Barrett Abayo driving into traffic and then kicking it out to a wide open shooter, Bradley Beal is a guy who can knock it down. He's a guy who can put the ball down the floor. He's got a great mid-range game. He can finish at the basket probably – not probably, much more effectively than Tyler Hero can, and he can shoot, albeit at slightly lower dip than Tyler Hero can from the three-point range. He's a veteran. He's a proven commodity. And, yes, he does cost a lot of money, but it's a great fit for Miami. Yeah, I mean, just the money thing aside, in terms of fit, he averaged 23 points per game last year. Uh, he's a 37% career three-point shooter. You nailed it in terms of his mid-range shot. All that stuff is there. Um, Tyler Hero studied and studies right Bradley Beal in terms of his own kind of offensive package. He works with the same trainer as Bradley Beal. Yep. Um, he he likes to there. What was it? Two summers ago, I was talking to his trainer, uh, Drew Hanlon, who um, would train Bradley Beal in the mornings. And then yep. his client right after Beal was Tyler Hero. And Hero would get there early just to sort of observe Bradley Beal. So um, Bradley Beal is just, you know, he's an older version of, I think, what Tyler Hero kind of projects to be. So if yeah. you're trying to get that now and take advantage of the Jimmy Butler window, as opposed to maybe tilting things more towards the Bam out of bio window, right? Because Tyler fits the Bam window. Bradley right. Beal fits the Jimmy Butler window. So if you're trying to make the most out of Butler's championship window, then it would make sense to maybe swap Tyler Hero for Bradley Beal. But the other thing too here is I don't know that they have to trade Tyler Hero for Bradley Beal. Based mm. on the reporting uh, from ESPN, like, if he's got the no trade clause and he says he wants to play with Tyler Hero, he kind of has that say. Like, there's other ways that you could stack the salaries. I'm not, I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying like it's not a given that you have to trade Tyler Hero in order to acquire Bradley Beal. And I'll also say this, and you mentioned it before. I don't think it necessarily has to be one or the other in terms of Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard. I actually think the Heat would like to get both of them. I think if they had their bones about it and they could do it, they would just get Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal and say, "Enough of struggling to score offensively. We're gonna have two of the best. We're gonna we might have the best backcourt yeah. in the league now. How about that?" Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I think the fit is good. He's uh, in terms of Beal, he's two years away from back-to-back -back seasons of of averaging thirty points a game. That's hard to do, man. Whether or not you're, and you could say empty stats, bad team. Thirty points a game on average, back-to-back -back seasons. I don't care who you play for. That's hard right. to do in the NBA. Right. And so um, he, there is the health concerns. He hasn't played more than 60 games since 2019. Um, but, you know, you a lot of that is neither, also, neither is neither is Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Well, if he's healthy yeah. for the playoffs, that's what matters. A lot of that is also kind of like reading the tea leaves and it's like, oh, you know, we're already 15 games below 500 in February. Yes, yes, I don't necessarily yes. want to suit up in March. You know, that's that's a big part of it. It's like we're not playing for anything. We're, we're, we're not as bad as some of the worst tanking teams in the league, but we're not good enough to really fight for a playoff spot either. Yeah. So they were kind of somewhere in the middle there. And but, the other you know. thing about Beal, too, underrated playmaker. He's like kind yes. of six, five to six assists a season in that range. Yeah, like John this, Wall he's a guy who out. can run point guard for you, yeah. can run, pick, and roll, and do those things. Um, the, the contract is a concern. 
$250 million owed to him over the next four seasons. He's going to make $46.7 million this coming season. Then it's $50 million. Then it's $53.7. Then it's $57 million when he's 33 years old in the, in, mm-hmm. in, uh, for the 2026-2027 season. That's a lot of money. So mm-hmm. a Beal move would be a very huge sort of bet on the now, right? Because you're not – that's hard to trade, you know? Like he's got that that fifty seven million dollars at the end. That's a player option. I would bet fifty seven million dollars that he would take that player option at at, at being thirty three years old. So, um, I don't I I don't know that Beal, Jimmy Butler, and Bam, assuming that's those three and whatever else that fills out the rest of the roster, that's a good basketball team. I don't know that they're favorites. I don't, it doesn't guarantee you a championship, but I also don't think you could think that way if you're a front office. You just want to make yourself better. That makes Maybe the we- Heat better. I think yeah. right now, but there would have to be more stuff. Like that would be the first of another substantial-ish move. Maybe it's not Damian Lillard, whatever it is, but it would ha- there would have to be a second move to really feel good about putting yeah. like all your chips in on on this current window. Um, but it's it's very very interesting. Beal is a lot of what it is that the Miami Heat have been looking for. Maybe we should talk about that in the next segment. Let's carry that conversation over. So uh, we can break down whether or not it's the best decision for Miami, whether or not there are other potential options that would even sweeten this deal because there are some other players on the Wizards roster that might make more sense for Miami as well in terms of adding to a Bradley Beal package. But we'll talk about that. But before we do that, just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the best and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped up for the fun you'll have. It's so convenient, so easy to use. Let's say you're in town for an event and you want to be able to catch a game or something like that. You're, you're traveling and you want to be able to find what's near you. Game time has you covered. You'll find the best prices available. You'll see exactly where you're going to be sitting and whatever respective venue that you'll be at, whether it's a concert or a comedy show or, or a game, like I said, and you'll see that you won't have any obstructions near you. I think that's such a, a great benefit is that you see exactly where you're going to be sitting. Then you get, you know, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. It's so easy. Two taps and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. There's no printing or anything like that. It's paperless, baby. It's so convenient. So download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNNBA, and you get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKDOWNNBA, but you get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Every day, as we are still here every day throughout the offseason talking about the draft for agency trades, Bradley Beal trade rumors, mm. and everything else. So subscribe for the latest on your Miami Heat. Um, we will be talking about Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and what they said in terms of their impending for agency here in a minute. But just to continue on with the Bradley Beal conversation and something that we were discussing before. I think that Miami's motive here is to get Beal and somebody else. And that somebody else on the top of their wish list is Damian Lillard. And there is a path to get there, David. There's a path to get there. So here's what a trade package for Bradley Beal could look like. Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, Caleb Martin, and a pick. That would get you Bradley Beal in terms of salary matching. And what if you have to include more picks, whatever. But Larry Oladipo and Caleb, that gets you to the to the Bradley Beal contract that you need. 
Lowry and Oladipo, those guys are expiring contracts. If the Wizards want to save a little bit more money right now, they can always wave and stretch Victor Oladipo and save $6 million this season. But the idea right. there is it's a get-out-of-jail-free card uh, for the Wizards, who under a new front office are probably looking to rebuild and yep. I don't think are planning to be good anytime soon, right? right? I think that would be the idea. So you trade Beal, you tank, and then you do that thing. You still then have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson that you can include in a trade for Damian Lillard. And those contracts match up right away. So I know that there was a little bit of scuttle, like you would have to sign and trade Max Struess and Gabe Vincent to get right. Damian Lillard and Bradley. No, you don't. You don't have to. It's actually pretty simple in terms of salary matching, right? Negotiations and all. That's not simple. But in terms of just salary matching, they need to have the salaries ready to go. And you can mix and match all these things. Hero, Duncan, Larry, Old Depot, Caleb. You know, you've, you've got some smaller contracts that you could play around with if you have to. Obviously, the Heat have up to three picks that they can trade, plus this 18th pick. Coming up on June 20th next week, David, that you could technically, you know, pick that player for the other team and then trade that. So that's sort of like a fourth first round pick, a fourth mm-hmm. first round pick that you can include in a deal. So a lot of options actually for Miami to get something done. I don't, I'm not predicting that it's going to happen. No, I think no. that's where the Heat's front office mind is. I think they want both of these guys. I'm, I'm trying to think of it from that perspective. It, it seems to make a lot of sense, but I just don't know that that's how Miami has ever operated necessarily. They've got their two stars. If you look back at a similar, not necessarily similar trade, but in terms of what Miami's structure already is, you've got your two stars, your basic untouchables in Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And I think that's pretty clear. You want to build around those players. I don't know that surrounding them with two smaller offensive-minded players is necessarily the best bet. You're gonna you're gonna have a weird balance there. Where yes, you'll have plenty of scoring, but you might also have to you know you're gonna give up a whole hell of a lot of points. As good as Jimmy and Bam, hundred thirty points. Yeah, I, I could see. I mean, that's worth the, that's a conversation right there. Right. Like, I mean, is that is that on paper enough for Miami to catapult them into title contention? Yes. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Probably. On paper, Probably. that's the best team in the Eastern Conference. That's not even close. It's not even Probably. close. It, it's a weird fit, though. I mean, it, it can be. Is it? Look. A, a little bit. I mean, weird look, about you're, it. you're not going to get 30 points per game from both Dame and 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 you know Bradley Beal, and that's kind of how yeah. you're projecting ahead. There is like, oh, they they scored 30 points per game for their respective teams, but once they come to Miami, that's not going to be the case. And do you want a marginalized Jimmy or Bam who are going to only score 10, 15 points per game? Like, yes, it's kind of. I do that. I want. I do want to. Mar- no, because I think Jimmy and Bam are like, yeah, marginalize us. Let's let's just go do the other things. We don't want to score. We don't want to have to score 24 points a game. Beal only scored 23 points a game last year. You know, Beal has a, and Beal has yeah. a lot of experience playing next to a high usage point guard in John we Wall. Saw, we saw that though. Yeah. Well, we saw that with the first year of the big three experiment, right? Like Eric, that would be the closest thing. Up, you can't just put up a lot of points and expect that to round out the roster. You need complementary players. And then that's the other thing though, which is why it's a concern for me is that if you acquire just Lillard and Beal, that rest of the roster looks really, really shaky. You've traded away whatever contracts you have. I don't know who you're going to be able to add in terms of any other potential free agents or draft picks. And you things would that sort still, of yeah. I mean, you're going to be so over that tax apron at this point that you're not going to have the mid level exception available to you. You're probably right. not going to have the 18th pick to add a first round rookie. Uh, but you would, you, you'll still be able to bring back Haywood Highsmith. Mm. Um, there you go. That's all you need. Well, you still have. Max Struess and Gabe Vincent's bird rights. You could still bring those guys back if you wanted to, right? Ooh, Especially if you're, you're trading Lowry. And yeah. it's a lot of money, but you could, you could, it's, it's very feasible to do it. The only problem, the only question is whether or not Mickey Harrison wants to pay for it. But I would imagine if you're going all in in that way, 
that you're going all the way in. I, I would think that at least you would bring back one of those guys, if not both of them. Who knows? You know, it's like the, the, the market has to dictate their cost and all those things. Um, and then you still have guys in your G League pipeline that you like. Drew Smith, Jamal Kane, Orlando Robinson. You can bring back Yurtsevin. You can bring back Kevin Love. You can bring back Cody Zeller if you want. Like, these are guys that you can that you can have. And by the way, if you put those four guys on a roster, there's a lot of players who would take a pay cut okay. at a veteran minimum to come here. The, they, the Heat have done this before, something like this, yes. where they go out and get multiple stars in one offseason. They did it in 2010. Everybody's like, do you get Chris Bosh? Are you going to get Amari Stoudemire? Well, actually, they're going to get LeBron James. And they're also going to get Chris Bosh, right? So they went out and have, like, when Pat Riley is sort of sick of it, this is kind of what he does. And I do wonder after the last couple of years, getting this close to the doorstep of winning a championship and coming up short three out of four years, if he's just kind of sick of it. And he's like, you know what? Let's just put the stars back on the court because it worked for us before. Yeah. Again, I kind of hearken it back more to that trade in 2005 where you had a team that was this close to winning it and in, in, in 2004 2005 the first year of Shaquille O'Neal they already in, saw uh, that they already saw that that was the, that was the Lowry PJ Tucker offseason that was that yeah I suppose I mean that's one way of looking at it I, I just I, okay this is how I see it do you prefer the addition of Lillard and Beal and then a very thin roster around those four players or would you prefer Beal and somebody else that's more of a mid-level, not quite a superstar, but a mid-level contributing player, and then you can flesh out the roster with more quality role players? Or you could even put Lillard in that simple position. Instead of Beal. Yeah, Lillard and, let's say, a, a, you know, half a good superstar, plus more viable can I, can I rank players. those? Can I rank those options that you just laid out? Because I think that that's a very good – like, those might be the options, right? Right. Those might be the – I think, and I think the Heat would. I think the Heat's front office would take the same stance here. If it were via, if it were feasible, if it were realistic to get Lillard and Beal, that's my number one option. Superstars, regardless of what you're paying for them, are the hardest things to find, especially somebody like Damian Lillard. I, I don't. I, I love the role players, the undrafted stories. Like they're so much fun to cover and for you and I to talk to and all that stuff. But those, you could just find those guys. Come on, man! Like these are replaceable players. Lillard is not. Beal isn't even. Right. There's a reason why Washington has been holding on for him for so long. So I just go get me those guys and I'll figure the rest out. Like I'm getting those two plus Jimmy and Bam. I'll figure the rest out, man. I could go find my Haywood Highsmiths and I could just find like six of those and, and figure it out. Right. I would do that. And they wouldn't I wouldn't even blink. And I don't think Miami's front office would blink either. That would be my number one option. Second would be Lillard, then kind of your B level star. And then the third would be Beal, and then the B-level star, and no Damian Lillard. Though that for the three options that you just laid out, that's how I would rank them: one, two, three. Yeah, that makes. How sense. would you? How would uh, you rank them? Um, I, I I tend to put Lillard and Star X next to, or again, mid-level player of quality. Lillard uh, and, and B-level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Beal and uh, mid-level, and then also yeah, you. I just, Last would be I, Lillard and Beal for you. Wow. Yeah, I I, really? I just think yeah, again, you got two older players. Sort I mean, let's let's be honest, one dimensional. And as much as I think that they would raise their game to that other level, because one dimensional. Okay. You mean just offensive. Like they're they're yeah. they're multi fat, very skilled offensive players. Like we're right. not talking one about one-sided, maybe not one dimensional, one sided, okay. let's say. One side. Just it's offense only. Um, I think those would I think that would improve in Miami because I think again they've had you know, marginal coaching over the last few seasons, both of them. I don't think they've been in a position to actually win anything of value. Yeah, both you're, Lillard you're, you're and on this team. 
15 percent yeah. better defensively minimum yeah like just miami's gonna coach him up and it's like we've yeah. done this before a number of times they're playing know, for something yeah yeah and it's not it's not to say it's like you put stars here you're all gonna make sacrifices we heard that when it came to you know role players like max Truss and gabe vincent but even when you're a superstar you come in here you're gonna sacrifice because it's for the greater good and the greater good is winning and lebron result, did it he got he got robbed of a defensive player of the year award. Much better defensive Miami. player in Miami than he Chris was. Chris yeah, Bosch yeah. completely transformed into I mean, a defensive NBA. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Into a, um no, I thought I think that's interesting. And look, I'm not I think it's an interesting debate, but I don't know that like it's worth even debating you on that. I was like, that's a personal sure. preference. And we've seen like yeah. you know, Brooklyn go with this the whole star thing and then it it crumbled, right? And it, it, it crumbled it for a lot of reasons, but the top the, the first reason it crumbled was because they kept like alternating who got hurt when you know and right. so they didn't have the depth behind them i right. do just trust miami to kind of find depth for sure though and to make it work like the way they can go out and find kyle guy and have him play for them for a month like they did two years ago you know and, and it just work it just works yeah. for them sometimes so um no i think that is interesting in terms of some of the it's not just miami operating in a vacuum here right i i think that there's rival teams that could get and be interested in Bradley Beal. And that's going to impact how it is that Miami goes about all of this, including one of Miami's biggest rivals in the Eastern Conference. Let's talk about that next. And then we'll get to Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and their impending free agency here on Locked on Heat. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Every day is we are still here every day throughout the offseason talking about, I don't know, maybe the most exciting part of the season for a lot of people. The offseason, the draft, free agency, trades, and more. So subscribe for the latest news and rumors on the Miami Heat. We're breaking it all down here. We're breaking down the Bradley stuff right now. So, like I said, Miami not operating in a vacuum here. Um, Field does have the new trade clause. So it's a, he's got some say into where it is that he goes. Right. One team could be the Boston Celtics. He'll have a great relationship with Jason Tatum. The Celtics also have a decision to make on Jalen Brown. If I'm the Washington Wizards and I'm Michael Winger, manager there and i kind of want to find something to build around something involving jalen brown for bradley beal would be very enticing to me i can build around jalen brown let him sort of start if he could blossom into Kawhi Leonard 2.0 and all these things the things that jalen brown might want you know yeah. that could make some sense and for tatum he could play with a scoring guard like like beal you know i don't think if i'm the celtics it's worth i would rather have jalen brown than bradley beal but maybe it's not really up to them there's also the bradley uh the 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 Brown contract and all that kind of stuff too. So that's an option. Uh, I think if I'm Bradley Beal, that sounds pretty interesting to me, right? I could be the team to put them. I could be the player to put them over the top potentially and all sure. these things. Uh, Sham Sharania also reporting that Milwaukee could be in on Bradley mm -hmm. Beal. I'm not quite sure what that looks like. Could it be a sign and trade with Chris Middleton. Is it a Drew Holiday swap? I'm not really sure what that looks like, but um, he reported that they could be a leading suitor as well. There's other teams to consider the New York Knicks. We know that they're always interested in guys like Bradley Beal. He actually makes sense next to Jalen Brunson uh, as a shooting guard. Could they do an R.J. Barrett-based trade? Philadelphia, I think, makes sense. Joel Embiid wants to play, wanted to play with Bradley Beal before they made the Harden deal. Our friend Kyle Newbeck also, uh, though, reporting that Philadelphia is not interested in Bradley Beal, specifically because of the weight of that contract. So maybe that's not an option anymore. But Boston, Milwaukee, and New York Knicks, those, those seem like front offices that are going to give Washington a call here. 
in, in that sense, this is where the trade clause kind of plays like a significant role because then it's basically Beal with all the control and saying, no, I don't care if you have a better package in Boston or elsewhere. It's about where I want to go and play. That's the only deal that's going to be available. And I think some of the reporting attached to that, I don't know if we've mentioned this earlier already, but it, it, it feels like or it, it could be a smaller price tag than expected in order to make that acquisition. You might not have to mortgage so many different draft picks and players in order to acquire Beal because it could be a lower price point in order to engage in these kind of negotiations. So it's kind of like when Carmelo left Denver and like demanded the Knicks trade everything for him. And then the, any kind of just stripped the Knicks of their ability to contend. And I think it's, it sounds like based on this reporting again, that Beal does not want that, that Beal wants to join a team that can win. So maybe even with Boston, he's like, no, if I'm going to waive my no trade clause, you're going to resign Jalen Brown to the max. And then you're going to trade like Malcolm Brogdon and Peyton Pritchard and some picks for me, you know, like he, and 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 if Boston or if the Wizards don't want that, then he could be like, all right, then I'm not going to Boston. Like Beal has a lot of power here, right? Uh, and I and you have to say, and I don't know how petty he might be, but the opportunity to play the Wizards four times a year as a divisional rival, that probably is a, a, an enticing point for Beal as well. Is like you know, Maybe. I was. I don't know. I mean, if these if the if the front office is working with him, I don't know that he's going to be like middle fingers on the way out. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But I mean, I I think there's been enough you know smoke there about a connection with Beal and, and, you know, Miami and, and Bama de Bayo. Yeah. There's, there's been teammates before in the all-star team. You know, I think if you're Beal, right. And you want to contend, assuming that he wants to contend and you're looking at a team like Boston and let's just say it is Jalen Brown, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to go join Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and Robert Williams and uh, and and Joe Mazzulla, and that's going to be the team that I'm going to try to compete with. I think that's a very that's a very good roster. Is that better than what they were last year? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that. I don't know that it is. No. I don't. I don't think it is. I would rather. I think I would rather have like in a vacuum Jalen Brown over Bradley Beal, and then Milwaukee. You trade Chris Middleton for for Beal. First of all, I don't know why Washington would do that. It would have to be some sort of three way trade that moves Middleton somewhere. I don't know. But I'm like, okay, it's Giannis, yeah. so I guess you have a chance there. So that would be interesting to me, As and Bradley Beal and Giannis would be kind of a perfect fit. Um, so that's interesting to me. The Knicks, I, if I'm Bradley Beal, I don't know. The India maybe living in New York City could be enticing, but if you're trying to win, I think the Milwaukee option, the Boston option, certainly the Miami option would be better than the Knicks option, so we'll see about that. And then the, the Miami option, whether if it's like, you know, like I said, Lowry, Oladipo, and Caleb Martin for, you know, so he's like expiring contracts for Beal and you're adding that Beal to Jimmy and Bam. And by the way, you're selling him on the vision of, Hey, we're also going to try to go get Damian Lillard or B level superstar X. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's kind of the idea here is that you're working with Mark Bartlestein, who, like we said, has a, a longstanding working relationship with the Miami heat front office and saying, Hey, we're selling you on a vision here. You're, you're just, you're, you're step number one. We've got a, we've got like a three pronged approach that we're working on here. Yeah, I, I just hope everybody's deleting their their text messages and emails because we don't want any records when this shows up later on. There's no more picks to take. Memory. Take them. We got like we're talking about like second round picks in 2030. You can have it. I don't care. Like whatever. Yeah. There's no more yeah. picks. You took them all. I, I do like that idea though. Like I mean, we have to understand that this kind of these synergistic conversations are taking place. You're working with the agent. You're working with a player. And if you can pitch them on the idea of something bigger, and especially with a player like Beal, who has this kind of control over his own situation and where he gets traded, it might not be free agency, but it's basically the next best thing. It's like, I won't get traded to any other team, but this one, 
that says a lot. And again, it, it, the fact that it helps your future team more than your current team is a great point. Um, and yeah, again, you can be that next piece. And if you're looking, look, if you're Bradley Beal and you're looking at what Miami struggled with over the postseason, as great as their run was, as much grit and tenacity and everything else, it's the ability to generate easy offense. And that's where a guy like him, who's such a great scorer, and he is a great scorer, there's no denying that, I think it makes a lot of sense. And he could see himself as that next piece to put them over the hump. Moving on, two of Miami's biggest free agents, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, spoke with media today. It sounds like they have come to terms that they might not be back in Miami next season. This is from Max Struess. Quote, I've never been here before, here being free agency, so I'm just going to take it all in stride and have my agents help out with everything. But a comfortability is definitely something to take into account. I have a lot to be thankful for. This place is always, this place being Miami, is always going to have a special place in my heart. Gabe Vincent, quote, money plays a role. Place plays a role. Situation plays a role. There's a lot of things that factor in, and I think it will all take care of itself throughout the summer. I'm beyond grateful for the opportunity they gave me and the chance they took on me. I've been blessed to represent the city and this organization so far. Uh, based on what we've heard from Max and Gabe, here's just a, a peek behind the curtain. Here's how these exit interview interviews work. Mm -hmm. uh, they have their exit interviews with the media. But before they do the media exit interviews, they have their exit interviews with the organization. Right. And the organization will go through a number of different items depending on the player. And in the case of unrestricted free agents like Max Schroes and Gabe Vincent, Miami's front office would be realistic in saying, hey, you guys are unrestricted free agents. There's a chance you might not come back. That's up to right. you. You're unrestricted. That's what that means. Go out, get your offers. And and I think for somebody like Gabe, and, uh, Vincent, and Max Struess, who have not made a lot of money in their career so far relative to oh, yeah. NBA players, yeah. and coming off of starting for a finals team, there's an opportunity to go out and make a whole lot of money and basically change their lives. And so I think coming off of – if, if you asked Gabe and Max right after losing game five of the finals, do you want to be back? I think they would both say, yes, no matter what, I want to come back. Right. And then a couple of days go by and reality sets in. And that's what that sounds like to me here is that there is an awareness that depending on what happens. And like I said, Miami has their bird rights, so we'll see. But they also are aware that Miami is going to be trying to make some big moves this offseason. There is an awareness on both of their parts that maybe they don't come back. And yeah, money, all this stuff does play a major role. I, I will say that they probably could get a, a contract that uh, on paper is of greater value, let's say $30 million, as opposed to something that Miami might be offering that is substantially less than that. But when you consider the like lack 30 of 30 over three years. Yeah. Like but that. when you consider when you consider Florida's you know, lack of uh, state income tax, the money they'd be making would be equal to. And although I think there is a ego part of that embedded into NBA culture where you want to say, yes. oh, I make this much more money. And yes, it sounds better on paper. I don't think that Struess or Vincent are the type of players to want to really necessarily brag about the extra three, four million on paper when they know they're going to get it on the back end anyway, because it's not going to be taken out of their respective salaries. So I think that makes a difference. Uh, but you read the comments. Um, it does kind of sound like they're at the very least preparing for the very likely departure. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I, no, I, think I don't it's think you fair. are. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. You what else are you supposed to do? Right. It's, like, it's a business. I, look, I, yeah. I make your money, gonna man. The, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take those offers. I know you guys are cash trapped and I know you're looking to make bigger deals, but if somebody's willing to at 1201 uh, to start a free agency, offer me you know, five, $10 million than more than, the lowest offer that you've sent me so far or the, the highest offer you sent me so far, then I'm going to take it.
Because so I don't think no longer debatable. I would be surprised if Miami had sort of a standing offer before twelve oh one at the start of free agency and sort of the moratorium period. I don't. I don't. Right. I think the Heat will let them go test. And I, there's no reporting behind this, but I think the Heat are going to let them go ahead and test free agency because the Heat are going to be busy yeah. doing this Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, other All Star kind of stuff. I. That's the priority for Miami. But that's where the agents I, were kind of, kind of like be a voice between, right? Like uh, yes, an in between. Absolutely. Like, look, we've heard. And I, I we've think heard Max and SC. Gabe, to your point, like they would say, okay, I got this offer from this Western Conference team. Like, go back to Miami. I don't think that they would be, hey, we got right. this. I got this awesome offer for 30 million over three years from this Western Conference team. Yeah, sign it right now. I think they would right. wait and, and see what Miami would say back. I think right. they, they appreciate what it is sure. that the Heat have done and, and their ability to compete with the Miami Heat and play with guys like Jimmy and Bam and, and under Eric Spolstra, I think they yeah. would at least, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to pretend to know what happens when you get, because I have no idea what it's like to be slid a contract worth $30 million or something like that. So I don't know what I would do or yeah, what they we, would we've do. Seen this, we've seen this with Jay Crowder. We've seen it with Derek Jones Jr. Yeah. Like if you're going to get offered a lot of money more than my, you can in Miami, you know, screw comfort and, and personal relationships. You can hope to maintain those via a, a group text the next season. But if, if you have something that's in the ballpark or at least somewhat negotiable, I think you, you do take into consideration that kind of high level of comfort already in the organization. You know where to park. You know where to, your locker is going to be. That mm. matters. And also, yeah, like you pointed out, the fact that they gave these guys opportunity and they're not playing for the Wangdong Tigers or something like that, I think speaks uh, uh, greatly to those players. Like, you know, you gave me an opportunity when 29 other teams would not. And, and I want to be able to repay that, but you've got to pay me too. Like, I yeah. Mean, that's, and there's that's, only that's so the bottom long. Line. There's also only so long that they can wait. Right. Yeah. Because just because that offers on the table now doesn't mean it's going to be right. there forever. Right. You know? So if some team offers them and they say, you know what, I want to wait and see what it is that how right. it plays out with the Miami heat, that other team could be like, all right, we'll see you. So I think there, there's a, you know, like we, we don't need to wait for the Miami heat. Why would we wait for the Miami heat? You know? So, there, it, it, it's a lot of finesse. You mentioned it, and it's exactly right. It's a lot on the agents to figure it out. So there's a lot of moving parts for the Miami Heat, right? I don't think that Gabe Vincent and Kyle Lowry can be on the same roster for the Miami Heat next year. I just think mm. that that's going to be way too much money to pay those two guys. Yeah. I think the same thing can be said for Max Struess and Duncan Robinson. So are they going to yep. move those guys around? There's a lot that needs to happen. Uh, fortunately, the draft is June 22nd. A lot of this stuff, maybe with Bradley Beal, has to be sorted out even before the draft, if you think about it, so the Wizards can have some clarity on how they want to rebuild. Um, and then free agency starts on, on July 1st, basically. Wow. And, and we know that we know that kind of free agency officially starts then, but or July 7th, really. That's sort of when the moratorium begins. So a lot of stuff happening even before the official start of free agency. So this stuff is happening. That's kind of what happens when you go to the NBA Finals. It just sort of you turn around and boom. It's all there, and you got to start making some quick decisions. So, absolutely. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, as we are here every day throughout the offseason, talking about the draft, free agency, the trades, and everything that we've been talking about here, and so much more. So, subscribe for all the latest on the Miami Heat. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. David, thanks for joining me. You got it, Wesley.